straight arrow away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth T20 World Cup title in front of a magical crowd at the MCG. Hello and welcome to the Scooby Other Cricket Podcast dedicated to the women's game, brought to you today by Qantas, the spirit of Australia. I'm Emily Collin. And I'm Laura Jelly. LJ, happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> How does it feel? Birthday birthday scenes in Bristol. Are you happy to be here? Yeah, yeah, great. This is actually the second time I've had my birthday at this ground in no Bristol. Way. So um, <laughs> that is crazy. Bristol birthdays are a thing. Highlights of the day so far. Um, I think talking to Megan Shoot. Good segue. Yeah, so we've got Megan Shoot joining us on the podcast today here at Bristol. But uh, before we get to Shooter, twenty twenty leg of the series all wrapped up. Um and it finished in an Australia loss, Australia 2-1 loss, which is unprecedented scenes for not only several players who have not experienced a series loss before, but myself, I've never covered a series loss yeah, so in this job before. Working at CA since 2018 mm. and um, did you, did you realise this could happen? No, like <laughs> I, I have covered losses but never two in a row. Um, so it was a new, new experience. Um, didn't love it. Didn't love it. <laughs> Don't recommend? No. Nah. Ready to get back on the winner's list. <laughs> well, this is the format for the Australians. They've won 15 on the trot in one day as 41 of the last 42, I think. Yeah. I feel comfortable heading into the one day as I, I'm confident that we will get back on the winner's list. <laughs> um, so you, you spoke, you were in Tally McGrath's presser a few hours ago. What was the chat from T-Mac and what did she say about how the Aussies had handled the series loss and how they're planning on rebounding in this next leg of the Ashes series? Uh, Yeah, she said they've had a lot of really honest conversations. She said they're the sort of conversations they have regardless of whether they win or lose. Mm. But I guess when you're you're not winning, there's probably a few more negatives to talk about if things aren't clicking. Mm. Um, She said that they feel like perhaps they have gone into their shells a little bit um, the last couple of games and they they just need to go out there and find that fearlessness again. Mm. Um, We did ask her who is going to be opening the batting. Yeah. Because... See, this is the first time since Rachel Haynes retired that Elisa Healy has been fit. So we had Beth Mooney opening with Phoebe Litchfield against Pakistan in January, but Midge was missing with her calf injury. So Talia was very coy on that, um, suggested that they were going to make a decision today. I assume it will be between Beth Mooney and Phoebe Litchfield, but those two shared a net together at training and it was an optional session and Elisa Healy had the day off, so there were no clues to be had. Interesting. And then Heather Knight also had a, a very long press conference. Any nuggets from Heather? Yeah, she went into a, a bit of detail about how they are trying to disrupt Australia. Okay. Making a few rogue selections or, or doing things that uh, executing some plans Australia might not predict. Mm. And she confirmed that they're going to also have a brand new opening combination for this series with Sophia Dunkley moving up from number three to open alongside Tammy Beaumont wow. with um, Alice Capsi to shuffle down into the middle order and uh, obviously Emma Lamb wasn't picked in their one-day squad. We were saying before that we obviously don't love when Australia lose but you cannot deny that it has fired up this series a bit and made things a bit interesting. From your point of view, LJ, how do you see it? Like it's, it's, not, it's not the worst result that this is a competitive series and it makes things really exciting moving forward. Absolutely not. I mean, <laughs> how good is it to um, taking, you know, the fact yeah. that we're Australians 
and who we work for. Hats yeah. off for a second. Yeah. It is very exciting to have a live series. No dead rubbers. I know. Uh, coming into the one day is with Australia needing to win two out of three to officially win the Ashes, not just retain them. <laughs> and England having to win all three if they're going to get the Ashes back, which would be a big test for them given Australia's recent run in ODIs. But England are full of confidence. They've they are. got through that mental, that over that mental hurdle. Um, Heather Knight referred to it as that today. Okay. That first win in that T20, the Oval, was them getting over a bit of a mental hurdle and believing mm. they can beat Australia. So they seem to be getting on a roll now. Yeah, and you feel like with the with the t- three sellout crowds ahead of them, and they're just brimming with confidence. Like you wouldn't completely rule it out. Like I wonder if the I wonder how the Aussies are feeling. Do you reckon they're feeling? A little bit rattled. Don't know they'd admit it, but this is a really unusual situation for them to be in. They've even the the last time they lost consecutive matches was back in November 2017, and they were two dead rubbers. They'd already retained, well, not quite dead rubbers. There was still the chance to win the Ashes outright, yeah. but they had already retained the Ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they won't necessarily matches that were going to influence the outcome of the series. This time we're in the middle of the series. The Ashes are well and truly still up for grabs. So they're in a tricky situation of having to turn things around, whereas England are a bit more familiar with this situation. At the World Cup in New Zealand last year, they were left in a position where they had to win every remaining game to stay in the tournament. So, And the pressure is kind of off them. Like you wouldn't really say they're expected to do it from here. They've kind of already – like they were staring down the barrel of having lost it within the first three games – and yeah, now, yeah, a week ago they were down 6-0. So. Yeah, and they've fought back. So they've sort of they've ticked that off and now it kind of feels like anything that can happen from here is a bonus for them. Absolutely. And I think um, it's going to make for a really interesting one-day series. Yeah, predictions? I think Australia will win the one-day leg of the series 2-1. What are, what are you predicting? Um, I'm predicting an emphatic win tomorrow. And then I'm predicting another two wins. I don't think they'll lose another game. That's my predictions. Anyway, that is plenty out of us. We'll let you get back to listening to Megan Shoot, who chats all things cricket, Ashes, gives us an update on her little daughter, Riley, and a few milestones for Shooter as well. So hope you enjoy listening. Megan Shoot, thank you for joining us in the Scoop studio um, today for LJ's birthday podcast. So happy birthday, LJ. This is your present. <laughs> Very exciting. It's so the best had... present I could have asked for, Shida. <laughs> <laughs> we've had one month in the UK. How are you travelling so far? How are you and how are you finding everything in the ashes? Yeah, good. I think I've adjusted pretty well to the diet of baked beans and Yorkshire pudding. Um, <laughs> but we've got good coffee here in Bristol and that's been a really nice thing for us because that's probably the struggle we, we come yeah. to the most. So. Um, Honestly, it's gone pretty quick. Um, and for myself, who's not going to Ireland, I go home pretty soon. So pretty stoked about that. But, yeah, I mean, I've spent a lot of time in the UK, so um, another one to rock and roll. Yeah, we, we're going to ask the most important questions first, which is how's Riley going at home? And you must be looking forward to getting back home. Yeah, oh, she's a bloody psycho. Um, <laughs> love her to death. Uh, it's her birthday not long after I get home, so I'm oh. glad I'm, I'm home for that. But, yeah, they're really good. I mean, she's just, yeah, little psycho kid like she doesn't sit still so Jess has definitely got her hands full and being a solo parent like doing a bang up job so we've just got a trampoline to get some energy out um which I think is going to get some heavy use but nah it's great I mean like even in the month I've been here she's changed a hell of a lot so I'm pretty excited to get home to them. Do you find it hard being away from Riley and Jess? Extremely yeah I, I think um when I left earlier when she was younger, like when they're newborn, they don't really do a hell of a lot. So you, yeah. you miss them, but you're not really missing out on too much. But now that yeah, her personality is really shining through and 
Um, she's hard work. Uh, it's definitely harder to leave and I think that's going to continue, unfortunately. Yeah, and was that part of the reason you're not going to Ireland as well as, you know, resting up for the, the summer ahead? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, if there's anything I'm kind of learning as I'm getting older that, that my mental health is pretty important and um, leaving your wife and child for long periods of time is, is really hard and it's easy to come out and say, you know, um, heavy workload, which it is, is. It's a hell of a summer, hell of a schedule, but um, I also need to be at home with, you know, my wife and child for time. So, um yeah, I think Jess is pretty happy with that one. It's, it's only a week, so um, and it gives someone else some opportunity as well. I know in the past you've always wanted to play every game possible. <laughs> is it something you, you've adjusted to a bit over time? Yeah, I uh, used to argue it back in the day. Um, yeah, rest games were not really my strength. Uh, I used to probably whinge a little bit, but I do understand that now that I'm you know over the hill of 30. Um, yeah. <laughs> I definitely understand it body-wise, but yeah, in this instance, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Yeah, so Shida, you would have been touring for so long, like when you first came into the team back 2012-ish did you enjoy it then and are you still enjoying it now yeah definitely I think you know when I was younger I I probably didn't appreciate it as much what was actually going on and didn't have a huge understanding of just actually what I was achieving in a way and it was kind of the beauty of it the freedom you know you play with no one knows who you are and all what you're doing so that is not me by the way um (laughs) (laughs) got a bit of rain and (laughs) and now it's finding new ways to enjoy it been here for a month now um, I think we got here a month ago today. What adventures have you been up to away from the cricket? Have the, the Saka gang been getting up to anything fun? Oh, not a hell of a lot of fun. Um, we're trying to do some tourist stuff just because Dars hasn't really been here. And I mean, yeah. the time we were here for Com Games, we were kind of restricted with COVID. So mm. um, we've been trying to get her out and about more than anything. And um, I think most of, the, most of the things we've done, I've ticked those boxes before. But um, the, having them too is great, honestly. They, they keep me young. They keep me in check. And... <laughs> They're pretty good at pulling me up if they know I'm starting to flag as well. So um, appreciate having them. They're annoying as hell sometimes, but um, yeah, they do keep me feeling young. Any funny Darcy Brown stories for us? <sighs> Has she done anything outrageous or just being her usual? Yeah, she hasn't wacky done anything self. outrageous. She's okay. just she's just a funny lass. Like you just watch her. Like she's incredibly book smart and just does the dumbest shit. Uh, I mean, like it's just it's it's hilarious. Like I honestly love it. Um, just the way her brain works is actually pretty similar to mine. So I probably shouldn't say too many bad things about her, but. Um, yeah, like, I don't know, we, we have each other's company a hell of a lot, obviously, um, Scorps and Strikers as well. So for three people that spend 11 months of the year together yeah. and we're not sick of mm. each other yet, it's pretty incredible. So, um, yeah, we're all pretty lucky. Nice. And Shooter, it was a bit of unfamiliar territory for you and the team the other night. First series loss since 2017. Did it feel like a bit of a shock and how did everyone handle it? Yeah, oh, yeah, we're not used to losing, as, as arrogant as that might sound. It probably makes you take it a little bit harder and probably reflect a bit deeper than you need to. But um, <laughs> I had a good perspective check of, um, you know, I was sitting with Darcy and Wolf after the game and Wolf said, she's like, that's my first ever series loss wow. this, whilst being a part of this team. And that kind of clicked because I just remember back in the day when we couldn't win a T20 series and that was like the chip on our shoulder and what we just kept getting hammered with in the media. You know, you know they can win all these ODIs and do this yeah. and do that, but they can't win a T20 series. And so once we got that chip off our shoulder and it kind of unleashed this role that we've been on, um, yeah, it was, so for me it was a good reality check of like, shit, I've been playing a long time. I've been pretty fortunate to be in a team that – 
in the most fickle format, we continue to win and dominate um, and to lose to obviously a quality opposition like England, mm. that's cricket. So um, it actually, for me, has made me reflect a little bit more on what we've actually been able to achieve and for a consistent amount of time is pretty cool. But um, extremely irritating. It would have mm. been nice to have wrapped up the series by now, um, but we're going into arguably our strongest format. So, Like you said, it's obviously a T20 series loss, but there is a bigger picture and that's the Ashes. Does that help the team move on and get into this next phase? Yeah, definitely. Refocus. Um, it's a, the format I prefer the most. You kind of get every aspect um, of Test and T20 in there too. So um, I think it's the, the true battle of attrition in a way. Like I think that's where two teams meet and you, the, generally the better team on the day will win. I think T20 cricket, one player can really take the game away from you. Yeah. Um, so the better team doesn't always win and that's just T20 cricket. But yeah, 50 over cricket, it'll be a pretty evenly matched um, competition, but yeah, one that I'm looking forward to. Do you reckon there was anything that wasn't quite clicking during the T20s? Um, probably all three facets, to be honest. I know I was definitely off. Um, going at <laughs> 13s for a few games is, is not what I'm used to, but... Mm. Um, yeah just piecing things together and I think you know it's easy to make excuses and say we've come off the back of being in pre-season and all that kind of stuff but we're aware of the things we're just not getting that crisp last little 10% on so um, just some areas to clean up but and that's across all three areas and if we can do that it'll be a much better competition for us. Been some massive crowds across this series like three records in a row I think has that been an extra challenge for the team to get their heads around having you know Big stadiums, big crowds. I wouldn't say it's a challenge. I think if anything, it lifts you. Like I, you know, I, I saw a good quote the other day of like, you know, tide rises all boats. So it's like it's it just gives you a bit of energy while you're out there. And yeah, they can be pretty vocal, but at the end of the day, they're just palms. So talk, <laughs> they talk a lot of crap, a lot of smack. Um, yeah, you can be bowling your house down and still get you know insulted by the crowd. So it really doesn't. You don't take it to heart. But yeah, um, yeah, they're loud. I mean, the atmosphere has been incredible. I think. The marketing's clearly been working mm. over here and it's amazing to see what you can achieve when yeah. that effort is put in. So hopefully in our home series, Ashes, next time, um, we can get similar crowds. Have you got any good banter on the sidelines yet? I know um, <laughs> yeah. Todd Murphy was copying you're a shit Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 no, I haven't had anything creative. I keep getting called Meg, which I well, immediately dismiss what they're saying. So I am not Meg and I not, don't go by Megan either. So... Um, no, nah, I haven't had anything creative. I had um, your shut for shit. And I was like, wow, that's really creative. Um, that's not, that's but, you know, I think they're probably a few too beers deep to have any creativity flowing up there. So um, nothing great for you yet. Do you reckon the girls, like, do you reckon a couple of losses will fire up the girls? Like, does everyone just want to get back out there tomorrow? Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, if I'm that way, I'm sure they are too. It's, yeah. it's just, it's fuel for your fire, really. And, um as I said, we're not really used to losing, so if that doesn't yep. dig you deep, then I don't know what will. And so we're back in familiar territory here at Bristol. Uh, been here a few times in the past. Found it at a good stat this morning that you're actually the highest wicket taker in ODIs in this, at this ground. <laughs> I need some confidence right now, so that's great. Um, yeah, how do you feel about this venue and coming back here? Yeah, oh, it's it's one that we've, we're familiar with. I mean, um, if I remember rightly, the wicket was pretty flat last time, so mm. that's a nice stat for somewhere that I don't have all the best memories. But um, yeah, I'm, I mean, it'll be it'll be a little bit different with you know smaller stadium, obviously less people. I mean, it's still a sellout, which is great. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a slightly different atmosphere in that sense. But yeah, um, looks like there's a little bit of a slope. Hopefully the rain stays away. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind that stat. Hopefully I can take some more poles. That'd yeah. be great. We love that. And so yeah, one day is tomorrow. You feel like this is Australia's strongest format? 
yeah, I mean, we're, we're World Cup winners, so and I think we went through in some pretty solid form. So yeah, I think it's it's a format where we get to show all three strengths um, and hopefully pick a really balanced side and, and go out there and perform our best. And I know we've probably got the right temperament for it. And England are going to probably come out and say they need to play entertaining cricket and come hard and all that stuff that kind of comes with their media. <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm sure they will. That yeah. like <laughs> that's yeah. just part of it. But yeah. um, it's not really going to rattle us in the way that we play. And has this been a spicy series so far with, with England? How's it been playing out? I think it's been spicy for the men. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that pretends to flow on into the game. Um, I mean, you don't really need the spice, if yeah. I'm honest. Like, we're all extremely competitive people. I mean, the English are included in that. And as soon as we step over the rope, um, yeah, it's fire. It's, it's on. And we all want to do our jobs right and, and want to do the right job for our country. So there's no spice off the field. There's no words that are said whilst we're out there that I'm aware of anyways and I mean I don't really buy into that I don't really believe in it um and I think you know actions speak louder than the words so there's no point chirping out there we will be back with Shooter in just a minute but just chiming in to say this episode of The Scoop is brought to you by Qantas the spirit of Australia the official airline of the Australian cricket team and proudly representing Australia on the world stage flying to more than 95 destinations around the globe and Shooter at this point in time there is no woman on the planet that's taken more T20 international Mm. wickets than you how does that make you feel um feel a lot better if I wasn't going at 13s in the last few games. It was, it's a hard one. Um, mm. it, it's cool. Like, it's a really cool achievement. Um, shows have been around the block for a while as well. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, you kind of can't help but compact a little bit and go, geez, it hasn't been my best series. So it would have been cool to have done that on a win or at least have been bowling a little bit better. But, um, yeah, really cool reflection of being able to be a fast bowler who's played a lot, enough cricket to reach that stat. So I think to have overtaken a spinner um, is pretty cool. Um, fly the flag a little bit for paces, even though my change-ups are probably the, the, the speed of a spinner anyways. But, um, yeah, like it's a nice achievement, um, but hopefully some of these young girls can, can overtake that one day. What do you think it's you've worked on throughout your career to like keep evolving and and to stay at the top of your your game for so long probably been these little moments to be honest where I've you know got my ass kicked or we've lost a series where I've had to kind of reinvent a certain ball or change a little tweak in my action and I mean even pre this tour I've had to take the little jump and skip out out my right which has been a big change yeah Yeah, that that got a call out on comms even oh wow um yeah like that was a that was a must-do must, must do for my knees, really. It's, it's extra elastic load that I just don't need. And so that's been, like, another little thing to kind of tweak and work on and that changes momentum at the crease. So there's, there's kind of always something. And mm. if it's not, like, a particular ball that I'm working on, then it's it could be tactical. Um, so it's kind of just keep things fresh. Like, I think um, I get bored very easy. Mm. So And I'm playing a game that is all about being mundane and bored. So um, you got to find creative ways within that. And, um, like, for me, my stock ball's probably been the same. As, a, as it's always been for mm. however many years I've been playing. But, um, yeah, just trying to find new ways to evolve those little balls a little bit and you can have, you know, a variation that you bowl on three different lengths and it's technically three different variations. So, mm. um, yeah, just keeping it fun. What motivates you and what drives you to keep playing this game at the elite level? I don't even know, hey. Like, <laughs> I, I, like that, I find that a really hard question because it, it, it's natural. Like, yeah. I don't know, I... Um, naturally a really competitive person no matter what I'm doing which is a good and a bad thing Um, and so that just drive crosses over to sport and I'm sure if I chose another sport I'd I'd be the same so I'm just lucky enough that 
cricket's my thing and um, have enough people around to support that. But um, I don't know, it's just this little internal motivator and, and hopefully once I retire from cricket, whatever profession or job I go into after that, I can have the same passion. Are you competitive at everything you do? Everything I do, yeah. <laughs> Always been that way? Always been that way. That's that. I am my dad's daughter okay. um, and <laughs> he, without meaning to, I think really installed that in us as a kid and um, I had some pretty competitive backyard nets and whatnot, so... I don't know. It's as I said, it's a gift and a curse. Um, yeah. Take things too seriously sometimes, or just get a little bit too hot-headed. But can't wait to really show Riley where her place is in life. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say, you know, sometimes parents let their kids win. <laughs> None of that. Life is not fair. So she's got to learn that from a young age. And I mean, we uh, we take her out to. We've got soccer fields across the road from us, and. So pretty much every day we kick the soccer ball around and um, Jess plays soccer as well. So we're yeah. trying to teach her a few things. And, you know, I'm going to weave around her. She's got to work on her defences <laughs> and, you know, she's got a good left boot at the minute. So um, <laughs> the way it's, not even so. that's the way the world works and she's got to learn that. So there'll be times where I might need to pump up her tyres a little bit. But other than that, I'm putting her in her place. She's got to know. Dad did with me and look how I turned out. So. <laughs> a gifted child? Yeah. Gifted athlete? I, hopefully she is. She's yeah. honestly... Um, yeah, as I said, a little psycho, but she's great fast twitch fibers at the minute. She's going to be really tall. Um, okay. Yeah, she's in the, I think, 85th percentile for height. So oh, wow. tall and skinny. Okay. She's, we need to beef her up a little bit. Um, but yeah, hopefully that or AFL and maybe soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might allow it. but um, Could handle seeing her uh, run out for the Adelaide Crows, surely. That would be pretty bloody cool. Um, <laughs> honestly, I just want to see her achieve whatever she wants to. Yep. And as, I can joke as much as I want about her wanting to choose sport or whatever, <laughs> but as long as she finds something that she's passionate yeah. about that I am with cricket, um, that'll make me pretty happy. And just on a, a final note, we've got a WBBL schedule that's being launched in the next couple of days and we've heard a rumour the strikers are going to have a game at Adelaide Oval uh, first one back there for a bit after seeing the success of big grounds here for this Asher series um, how do you think that can go in the WBBL I mean we've seen what we can achieve if we just market it um, I yeah. think us having just won the title there's no better time to be doing that and I didn't even hear that rumour so that's bloody great um, I mean right. I hope yeah I, I, ho- I hope that that happens and like I just yeah I think we need you know all the media to get around it and support it and I mean we keep getting told every year how we're you know the third most watched league across everything and but there's not quite always things that reflect that sometimes mm. so um, if they can really market that and, and start with a bang and I mean no better way for us to start than Adelaide over with a full crowd. What do you reckon is the most important thing like in terms of like a schedule fans to come along? Weekend games yeah. I think at the right timing I think we had many neutral games you know we're playing one day at 2.30 mm. like what, that's not really going to achieve too much and and then you get people who are going to criticise you even more on, on social media and say, you know, look, this is why no one watches women's cricket. And yeah. you, you just kind of wonder, and I understand it's a lot of cricket and that's the way it works, but we were the home team as well. So it's mm. like, yeah, we really just got to market things at the right time. And, I mean, if we have access to a facility like Adelaide Oval and we had the lights, then there's no reason not to do, even do a Friday night or, yeah. or something like that. So I think scheduling is a big part of it. Um, I understand it's a lot of games, but I'm sure we can make it work. Is it something that, like, the way that, the, yeah, the summer pans out, is it something that you guys talk about a lot in the team, like, amongst the playing group? Yeah, I mean, it's something because we, we all want it to succeed, right? I mean, we're all extremely passionate about cricket in Australia and especially the Big Bash. And mm. I think, you know, we're players that put in a hell of a lot of effort behind the scenes as well to try and build a core group and really 
commit to our teams. It means a lot to us and we all take pride in the product. So I think whatever we can do to support that, we'll do. The Strikers fans, the best in the league, do you reckon? Strikers fans are the best in I the actually league. reckon they are. They're loud and proud. Mm. I, reckon I, they're the mo- I reckon they're the most loyal. It's hard to, you know, get a whole lot of people at Karen Rolden, but you yeah. know they're there. Like that, that there. final when you guys beat the Heat, they were loud there. They were very loud. They were up and about. Yeah, and like it lifts you. Like yeah. I, as I said, I, I think that, you know, we're, we're pretty neutral in Australia. Like, you know, the Poms are pretty loud and they'll insult you a bit. But we, we don't really do that in Australia and I love that. But it just it lifts everyone um, and just makes for better cricket. Shooter, we always love chatting to you. Thank you for coming on The Scoop today and can't wait to see you get stuck into the Poms when the ODIs start tomorrow. Thank you. Cheers. Hopefully you. we win. <laughs>